Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers, what's going on? It's Hal Elrod, and uh, I am taking a minute here, maybe two, to record this quick intro to today's podcast episode. In fact, I'm actually, I'm sitting here in Cabo San Lucas. It's New Year's Eve. It's 75 degrees. I'm looking out at the beach, the water, and I wish you were here. This is pretty surreal. I don't usually do stuff like this for New Year's. I'm like homebody dad at home with the kids, banging pots. And uh, this year, my wife and Ursula got invited on this trip and we decided to do it. And so our children are at home with family. They're in good hands, but uh, we are enjoying ourselves. And again, I, I do wish you were here. That's not why I'm recording this, though. The reason I'm recording this is last week, if you listened to the episode last week, which you may have, that was episode 251. And that was some powerful lessons that we shared from the Best Year Ever Blueprint live experience. We being me, John Vroman, John Berghoff, and... We did a special promotion during that episode and in our typical not so great marketing fashion, we didn't mention the promotion until the very end of the episode. So we realized that very few people probably even got that far and heard it. So we're extending it one more week and that's why I wanted to put it on the front end of this episode so that you actually know about it because it's kind of pointless if you don't. Although I know we had some people take advantage of it last week. So some people did listen to the very, very, very end. But uh, I wanted to give you a chance in case you did not make it that far into last week's episode. So here's the deal. It's real simple. The best year ever blueprint live experience, right? That's our once a year, really once in a lifetime. It really is a life changing weekend. Every year is so magical. It's so powerful. The breakthroughs people have, it's awe inspiring. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. It's also a lot of fun. We have so much fun, live music. It's a really a blast. And uh, here's the special. It's six pay. It's real simple. It's the price of the ticket. You can divide it over six months. No interest, no fees, nothing like that. Just to make it real simple for you to pay for and more affordable, pay for it over the next six months. And then you know, you'll have another handful of months until the actual event in San Diego. Go to bestyeareverlive.com if you want to take advantage of that special promotion. And we're going to run it until I think January 7th or 8th. I'm sorry, I'm not looking at that right now. But uh, for basically an extra week, it was supposed to end on December 31st. We're going to go another week. So that probably is about five days from today if you're listening to the podcast on the day that it came out. So check it out, bestyoureverlive.com. Get all the details. And then today, you are in for a treat. My good friend, Jeff Woods, the vice president of The One Thing, who is one of the most brilliant individuals I've ever met and specifically brilliant when it comes to breaking down step-by-step how to set and achieve your most important goals. And that's what this podcast is all about. So could not be more excited to bring you the one and only Jeff Woods. Enjoy today's episode, my friends, and uh, Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. All right, all right. Goal achievers, you listen to this podcast because it's the Achieve Your Goals podcast and it helps you to achieve your goals, right? Well, this is the episode, like the definitive episode on, okay, let's break down step-by-step how do you achieve your goals. And I was going to record this episode solo. I just, you know, going into the new year, I thought I'm going to record an episode giving my best advice on goal setting. And then I realized that there is someone that is better, probably many people that are better at teaching this than I am. And our guest today is that man. In fact, I was listening to Jeff Woods on the Front Row Dads podcast 
probably a week or two ago and uh, listening to Jeff talk about goal setting for couples. And it was just some of the most brilliant insights and strategies on goal setting, you know, take out the couples part. Like it was applicable to every human being, whether you have a spouse or you're solo, it doesn't matter. And I thought, wait a minute, rather than me do the solo episode on goal setting for the new year, I want to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Woods to do it because he does it better than anyone I've heard. And if you don't know who Jeff is, I'll give you a formal intro here. Jeff is the vice president of The One Thing. And after hearing Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, Jeff set out on a mission to surround himself with high-level CEOs and successful entrepreneurs and even billionaires. And fast forward just 10 months, Jeff went from employee to entrepreneur, launching a company with co-authors of the best-selling book, The One Thing, which if you're not familiar, it's one of my favorite books, one of the highest rated and best-selling books in the world of all time. And uh, he turned the book into a training and education company. Jeff also hosts The One Thing podcast. He's been featured in entrepreneur.com and is on a mission to teach people how to live a life of focus so they can have more by doing less. And Jeff and I both happen to live in Austin. So we've actually gotten to become friends. We uh, break bread together. We go to the movies together. Our wives hang out together. So I've gotten to go beyond just being impressed by Jeff strictly in a professional capacity and really gotten to know him personally. He's got two kids and uh, the whole family. They're like-minded individuals that are all really looking to serve humanity. So it is my pleasure to introduce to all of you goal achievers, the one and only Jeff Woods. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I am doing excellent. Thank you for having me. Oh, it, it is a pleasure. And uh, like I said, listening to that podcast the other day with you and John Broman, I was like, oh, Jeff is so good at explaining goals. In fact, you don't know this, but I reached out to uh, my business partner, John Berghoff, and I said, hey, we should ask Jeff if he would speak next year at the Best Server Blueprint at the live event. And uh, John's like, yeah, I've heard Jeff. He's great. So buddy, I want to start with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you... Uh, yeah. We talk about you behind your back, but all in like in a good way that you'd be... It's the yeah. best kind of back talking there is. Exactly. If you're going to gossip <laughs> about somebody, you'd talk about all the good things. So you work with billionaire Gary Keller and his partner, New York Times bestselling author, Jay Papasan. Tell the story of how you... I've heard it before. I love the story. How did you establish that relationship? Because you were so proactive uh, in meeting those folks. So I think everybody who's listening to this, I just know so much about you since you listen to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I always had this goal of one day waking up where I could own a massive business that made a massive impact in the world and would deliver real security for my family. I always knew that's what I wanted. And at the time, I was in medical device sales, which was a lot of fun. I ran through hospitals. I wore scrubs, got to sell a device that actually saved lives. How I actually listened to your podcast back then. You were one of the people that I followed. Nice. I'm honored. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of cool being on the other side now. And I think a lot of people can relate to even though life is good, something is missing. And for me, it was a true sense of fulfillment and impact. Yet I did not have enough pain in my life at the time to compel me to make a change. Hmm. You know, I've got a really solid income, great work life balance, great lifestyle, very comfy golden handcuffs. Just didn't have a reason to make a change. Well, two things happened in my life that forced that change. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke and he was 35 at the time. And I, I remember my wife and I had just bought a house in Orange County. We just had a child. My wife's a stay-at-home mom and I am the sole provider, realizing that if that was me, what would happen to my family? 
That was very concerning. And then the next week, my company needed to make a change to our commission structure in order to remain competitive in the market. And as a result, 40% of my income evaporated overnight. Oh, wow. And I told myself, it'll get better next month. (laughs) Well, then next month came. Oh, it'll get better next month. And before you know it, Q1 passes, Q2, Q3. And I find myself looking at my bank account and it's almost at zero. I'm wondering, how am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to get to put food on the table for my family? And as somebody who, uh, being a provider is part of my identity, that rocked me to my core. And it was at that time that I heard, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I remember how I'm sitting in my kitchen, I'm looking down at my scrubs going, who are the five people I spend the most time with? And I consciously named each one of them. And then I asked the question, how many of them are waking up every day owning a massive impact that makes a massive impact in the world and delivers real security for their family? The answer was zero. Hmm. And to be clear, I love these people and they're still in my life today. I just realized I had no business seeking counsel from them on how to start a business when they weren't qualified to give it. Yeah. So I sat out on a mission just to upgrade my five and I tapped into some really powerful mentors. I started my first podcast called The Mentee just to record those private conversations. Oh, that's right. That's how we met. I forgot right. about that. You interviewed me on the show. Yeah. Oh, man, that just brought back a memory. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So um, two weeks after I launched the show is our national sales meeting. And I remember I walked in this room, you know, over a thousand chairs because our company was huge. And on every chair was a copy of The One Thing. I had never heard of it before, but Jay walked out on stage as the co-author and he was our keynote speaker for our, for our sales meeting. And for the full hour, he is blowing my mind. And I remember I'm sitting in the back row thinking, how do I get in a relationship with this guy? Wow. What could I possibly say to him that would make it worth his time? Or what could I give him that would be a value? And I cornered him when he came off stage. I asked to interview him for the show. And at the end of the interview, I just said, where are you guys focused and how can I help? And he said, you know, we're uh, looking for more exposure for the book. So I got him booked on all these other shows because I had formed relationships with so many other podcast hosts. Wow. And then I circled back. How can I help? They said they were looking for more exposure. I wrote an article on Entrepreneur and started blasting it. I saw him sharing all my posts. And so I replied, what are you focusing on? How can I help? And that's when he said that he and Gary were looking for a CEO for a publishing company. And I said, I know three people that'd be a great fit offered to make an intro and we got on the phone so that I could learn the job description. And he didn't describe those three people, Hal. He described me. Hmm. And so after trying to be the person who came from value consistently, a door was open to quit my medical job and start a company with Gary and Jay. I love that story. You know, Jeff, and I, I always say that that quote from Jim Rohn, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And just that general advice that we hear, like you need to upgrade your circle of influence. If you want to be a, you know, if you want to be a millionaire, for example, you got to be around millionaires and, and everything else. If you want to be happy, you got to be around happy people, right? If you want to be a great parent, you should be around other great parents and so on and so forth, right? It's universal. I think it's one of the most important principles in the world if we want to be successful. And I think it's one of the most dismissed principles in the world. People hear it and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just hang out with the exact same people they've always hung out with for the rest of their life and nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And you are one of... I mean, that it's one of the best real life examples of someone who took that principle. And I mean, you were so proactive and you did it the right way, right? You looked at how can I add value? 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 And then they're like, shit, this guy adds a lot of value. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. 
We should talk to him and bring him in, man. How long ago was that that you met Jay? And then how? And was it ten months from when you he spoke at your event to where you were then working with him, moving to Austin? It was ten months from the date I launched the first episode of the Mentee wow. to me hopping on a plane and moving my family to Austin. Dude, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So to follow up on that, other than your story being a huge lesson that if you want to upgrade your life, your success, your income, whatever that is. You got to get around people that are doing what you want to do. There's that lesson right there in your story. The lesson of you've got to be proactive. You've got to reach out to those people and and look at how you can add value. Is there any other tip you would have? Anything you would add to that? Or does that pretty much sum it up? You you identify who you want to be around. You find ways to add value for them and look for you know opportunities. What Anything else to add? I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but I think from a high level, just ask yourself... What do I actually want my life to look like? This is the Achieve Your Goals podcast. What are your goals, your big goals? Not just for this year, but for your life. And then ask the question, are you surrounding yourself? Are you currently in relationship with people who share those goals or who have already achieved those goals? And if the answer is no, which it is for most people, you can ask the focusing question of the one thing. What's the one thing I can do? Such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary. In this case, as it pertains to getting in relationship with those people. And just go take action. I love it. I love it. So I want to go a few different places today. I want to ask you here in a few minutes what the biggest mistakes are that people make when it comes to setting goals. I want to ask you your advice on how to set goals. And then I want to ask your advice on how to actually achieve the goals that we set. Because goal setting is fun and they're cute and we put them on the wall and we don't do anything about them. And the next year, we're like, oh, yeah, those are the goals I didn't hit again this year. And I, But I'm going to do the fun exercise of goal setting again. And it's like this delusional activity that you're like, well, I'm going to dream and imagine of something like, you know, like a fantasy, but I'm not actually right. going to do it. But it's fun. And I feel accomplished to set those goals. So anyway, so I want to get your advice here on how to set them, but how to hit them. But first, I want to check in on something. So last weekend, John Berghoff and I hosted our annual event, The Best Driver Blueprint, which we're, you know, we may be getting you to next year. And one of our speakers, Sean Stevenson, right, the three foot mm-hmm. all giant, said something that I thought was really profound, right? And often when you hear something profound, it's like you already know it, but someone says it in a way where it crystal, you're like, oh, God, that's beautiful. That's brilliant, right? And uh, he said this Sean said, it's more important to have a goal than to achieve it because achievements are about the past, mm. but goals are about having something to work towards. Mm. So I wanted to hear your take on that, that. The idea that it's more important to have a goal because it gives you a direction to work towards than actually to achieve a goal. Because I think most people think the only reason to set a goal is to achieve it. And I've heard you talk about a different take. So I'd love to hear you uh, expand on that. Sure. I was in a mastermind with my partner, Gary Keller, which for if you don't know who he is, you probably heard of his company, Keller Williams. It's the largest real estate company in the world. In the history of the world. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> that's Gary. And Gary was standing in front of the room And he asked a very simple question. What's the purpose of a goal? And most people who raised their hand said something along the lines of to achieve a result. Mm -hmm. And he said, actually, the purpose of a goal is not to achieve a result. It's to be appropriate in the moment. Mm. This is very aligned with what you just said, what, what Sean shared. Yeah. The purpose of a goal, if it's to be appropriate in the moment, that means your goals should be a dictator of your actions. They should inform the person you can become so you can earn the right to achieve those types of results. 
And this goes hand in hand with what you said about the, the biggest mistakes. So many people, because they believe the purpose of a goal is to achieve a result, they only set goals based on what they think is doable. Mm-hmm. So they look at their skill set, they look at their comfort zone, and they set a goal that they think is doable. The challenge is when you only live in a realm of what's doable, you never explore what could be possible. Hmm. And people are so much more capable of achieving things that blow their mind over a certain period of time. But because we only look forward like a year, we just, we put a ceiling over our achievement. So for me, I think that one of the hardest things for people to do is to see themselves or even see their lives as better than they've ever been or it's ever been before. In the miracle morning, I call this rear view mirror syndrome, right? Where whenever we're faced with a challenge or an opportunity, we check the rear view mirror in our subconscious and we go, well, how have I responded in the past or what have I accomplished in the past? And if we haven't accomplished that thing that we have an idea for, we go, oh, well, I have no evidence that I can accomplish that. And then to your point, right? We go for the goals that are achievable. Like, well, I've accomplished this so I can increase it by 10%. Here's my question for you. How does someone do that? Is it stepping out on faith? Is it look right? Like, how does someone go after a goal that is possible but is beyond the realm of anything they've ever accomplished before? Sure, sure. Great question. Well, part of this is you have to acknowledge that if you want to achieve extraordinary results, this is not the language of good results, mediocre results, great results. This is the language of extraordinary results. It's why the one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Mm. It requires that you ask bigger questions and you search for bigger answers. You just asked a much bigger question, Hal. And most people, if they ask themselves that question, like, how do I push myself beyond my comfort zone and explore what could even be possible? They very quickly come up with a common answer called, I don't know. Hmm. And what most people do is when they get the, I don't know, they stop searching. This is the opportunity for you to realize, okay, I'm now hitting where my, my mentally, I normally stop. And it's an opportunity to push. If we forced every single one of you who's listening to this, if we ask a question like, what's one thing you could do that would allow you to push to what's possible when you normally only go for what's doable? And we challenged you to come up with 10 answers. You literally had to sit with a pen and paper and come up with 10 answers and you didn't earn the right to do anything else until those 10 answers were down on paper. Do you think you could come up with 10 answers? Absolutely. Every single one of you should say yes. Yeah. So we start by asking bigger questions. And for us, I think you have to understand what the goal setting framework is. Can we talk about that real quick, Hal? Please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... um. Another mistake people make when they set goals is they set them looking forward. Imagine that you were to hop on a plane in Los Angeles and you were going to fly to New York and your plane was a few degrees off course and it did not correct. Where would you end up? Between Florida and New York somewhere. Yeah, some, some, somewhere else. <laughs> somewhere not where you wanted to go. Yeah. This is the challenge. Most people, when they set their goals, they look forward for the year and they ask, what are my goals for the year? And they look at what's doable, what's comfortable, what their skill set currently allows, and they set a goal that's doable. The challenge with this is that they do not understand a priority from a distraction. Because if you extrapolate that line out five years, 10 years, 20 years, all the things that you could do, 
it leads to a vastly different life. So the opportunity, and this is what we call how billionaires set goals, is they time travel. Mm. They go way out someday from now. For you, that could be 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, depending on how far out you want to think. Yeah. And you imagine what your life could look like someday from now. And you ask questions like, what would extraordinary spirituality look like for me someday from now? What would extraordinary physical health look like? Extraordinary finances and extraordinary business, extraordinary relationships. You can look at any area of your life and just ask, what does extraordinary look like someday from now? Very quickly, you're going to hit the, I don't know. Good. Okay, now let's push and actually identify some answers. Once you gain a sense of what that looks like, you get to turn around and ask the question, well, where would I need to be five years from now to feel like I'm on track for that someday vision? And again, this is still a bigger question. It's not super comfortable, but you search for the answer, you will find answers. And then you get to ask, well, where would I need to be by the end of this year to feel like I'm on track for my five? Everybody can find those answers. You have now gained a sense of clarity of what your goals could look like for the upcoming year. And then you go smaller. Well, what would I have to accomplish over the next month to feel like I'm on track for my year? Once you get that, what do I need to accomplish this week to be on track for the month, it works all the way back so that you goal set to the now. And that's what we call it. It's called goal setting to the now. Hmm. Yeah, we just stole that with Jay's permission. And uh, <laughs> we taught that at the Best Ever Blueprint. We decided why reinvent the wheel? Like I said, you know, your pulse on goal setting, your fundamental understanding of how to do it in a way that is extremely effective. We thought we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're just going to borrow from... Uh, Jay and Gary and Jeff and uh, yeah, so well, let, let me give you a real example, and yeah, I haven't shared this with you yet, Hal. One of the things when Amy and I did our couples goal setting retreat, when we look out someday from now and ask what really matters to us, what's what do extraordinary relationships look like? We realize we want to have deep, meaningful relationships with other families where one of the spouses is an entrepreneur. The other is more of a support person because that describes Amy and me, where our kids are of similar age and where they're not business owners with families, they're families who own businesses. The Hmm. priorities are in that order. And so when we look out someday from now and say, wow, we have all these deep, meaningful relationships with all these people and we boil it back to who are we hanging out with this month? There's a lot of people that we could ask, what are you doing for the holidays? Or what vacations are you taking this year? Yet it really narrowed the focus. How many people are we in relationship who match those? It's you guys. It's the Vromans. It's the Donalds. It's the Nikolais. Like it suddenly narrows all the people we could invest in and narrows it down to a handful. Priority from a distraction. Wow. So you've been plotting to hang out with me for longer than I realized. <laughs> Just so non-creepy too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you, is that Jeff, are you in the bushes? Are you outside right now? My window. Yeah, there you go. Oh man. All right. So if people are listening to this, anybody listening, our listeners are obviously goal achievers. They're listening to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. So many people listening to this may have already set their goals for the new year, right? I'm sure some haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, some might be brand new listeners and they're just now driving into this world of goal setting. I know you, when I heard you talk before, you said you've kind of always been a goal setter. You've been goal setting since you were young. Well, let's talk about another mistake. I want to know, being that you know your entire fundamental concept based on the book, The One Thing, is to get down to the single most important 
goal, activity, action. How does that play into setting goals for the year? Meaning, should you set 10 goals, 20 goals, one goal, two sure. goals, right? Is it one goal in every area? Is it one goal in every area? But then you go, okay, of all the goals in all those areas, this is the one that is the most important this year. And and I have a take on that, which I, you know, if it makes sense, I'll share. Sure. But yeah, I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, sure. So everything that we create is not a prescription. It's not a hard and fast, you should do this. We provide timeless, proven principles that you get to choose how you will adapt them. Now with that, the number one lie of productivity is the lie that everything matters equally. Hmm. Meaning when you set all your goals, they do not matter equally. So you can look at any area of your life and set a bunch of goals around them. But then we would push you to ask, okay, you just made a list of all the things you could do. Now let's identify what you really should do. Do you, Is spirituality something that really matters to you right now? Is physical health something that really matters to you? Your personal life, your relationships, your job, your business, your finances. What are the ones that you really want to bring focus to, that you want to bring accountability to, meaning that when you fall behind, you don't just tell yourself, I'll do better next year. You track the metrics and you change your activities so you make up the gap. When you put that filter over it, people very quickly start to go, okay, yeah, I'd love to give up my washer and dryer so I can just do laundry on my washboard abs, but that's actually not that important. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And so I don't care how many goals you have, but ask the question and be honest with yourself. How many can you really focus on? How many can you really bring accountability to so that you actually move the needle? Because here's what we know. Um, Gary says you can be anywhere you want in the next five years. Literally yeah. everything you could possibly want out of life can be yours in the next five years. The unspoken truth of that is that it requires that you have clarity on what your priorities are and that you act in order of priority. Meaning you focus on the one thing that matters most before you check email, Mm -hmm. before you sit in that meeting. So how many are you really going to focus on? Yeah. So I, I called it, before I read the one thing, I would take all my goals and every year decide, okay, you know, these are all really important to me, but what is my mission? Meaning of all the goals... What is the one that matters the most? And for me, it's a difference in language, right? You know, when you say goals are, like I said, that lots of people, we all set goals. We don't hit goals. We set new goals. We don't hit goals. We set new goals, right? It's just this vicious cycle. But I thought a mission carries a different weight. Like humanitarian organizations carry out missions. The military carries out missions, right? And it's life or death. The consequence of that mission weighs a lot more than a goal. It's not their goal to not die, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a mission. You know, what that did is when I would wake up in the morning, it prioritized my time where I would go, okay, I'm not allowed to work on these other nine goals until I've followed through with the one thing that I've identified will put me on track for the one goal, aka my mission that matters more than all of these other goals. And so that was my take on it. I don't know if you have any, mm-hmm. anything to add to that or any thoughts or any. Yeah. You know, if you want to pat me on the back and just say, wow, that's really good. I'm I'm patting you on the back and saying we're very aligned. On page 134 of the one thing, there's this image of the iceberg. And think about, close your eyes and imagine what an iceberg looks like. And the only part you really imagine is the part above the surface. Yeah, it's just the tip. And that's what most people focus on when it comes to productivity. It's the productivity, the actions we take and the results we get. 
But beneath that surface, you can't truly be productive if you don't know what your priorities are. And you can't ultimately know what your priorities are if you don't have a sense of purpose. And so where you're talking about mission, ultimately, the extraordinary results come when activities are driven by a bigger cause. And that's what you're sharing. Say that again. Say that sentence again. Activities. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> Neither do I. It was awesome though. Well, the beauty is this thing can be rewound. So if anybody's listening and they're like, oh, it just uh, came out so naturally. That's amazing. I thought it was like, that was, you had said that line a thousand times. So wow. no, I just get in, I get into it, man. <laughs> I love it. You mentioned something a couple of times and that is accountability. My business partner, John Berghoff and I, we uh, always talk about how you know there's two ways to skin a cat and we approach everything differently, which is it used to be kind of we'd conflict on things. And then now we realize, wait, let me share my way, you share your way. And then people listening can decide what works for them or combining the two or whatever. So he has a different take on accountability than I do. I think it's crucial. I think that accountability is, to me, it's what closes the gap between where all of us are and where we could be meaning even the highest achievers, because every human being on the planet, right? We all have a next level. We all want to achieve that next level. And to me, accountability is what is standing between us and that next level. Because even somebody like a really, like a super achiever that's like physically fit, I'm good with my money, like I work really hard, I'm really disciplined, I'm really focused. Okay, well, what are the things, because all of us have them, that you're not doing? And if you had accountability that would close that gap, right? Yes, you're a super oh, yeah. achiever. You're achieving all these things, but the things you're not achieving, what you're missing is accountability to do the things that will make sure that you achieve those things. So I want to hear your take on accountability and how important it is. And, and, you know, and where do you find it? If somebody's listening, where do they find someone or something to hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard Gary say so many times, any time in your life, you're hitting up against a ceiling of achievement, you're missing a person. Either in the form of leverage. So somebody who can take the 80% off your plate and make it their 20% or in the form of a mentor or coach. The, one of the three commitments in the one thing is the idea of living the accountability cycle. And here's why. Um, it's easy to tell other people what you should do or to paint a picture of, oh, this is the perfect way to act or operate throughout the day. This is how you set your goals. But walking the talk is very different. And every single one of us hides someplace. There's a place that we do not want a light shown and we naturally hide. And we also want to look good and feel good. We tell ourselves stories so that we look good and feel good. The challenge is uh, if you don't have someone on the front lines of your business or your profession with you, you will never be able to explore what could be possible for you. That's why Gary has coaches. Jay has always had a coach. I started getting coaches the moment that I started this company with them because I just realized there was no way I could reach anywhere close to my potential if I didn't have someone fighting for my greatness when I was fighting for my limitations. Yeah, and and it's so true. When nobody's looking and nobody's watching, it's very easy to be like, eh, I'll eat this donut. Eh, I'll hit the snooze button. Eh, right, like, you know. But if you've got a drill sergeant standing over the bed and says, get out of bed, right? You're, oh, okay, now you're out of bed now. Hit mm-hmm. the snooze button's on an option. That's right. I love that what you just shared from Gary Keller, very brilliant, which is anytime you're missing the next level of achievement, I guess how you put it, you're missing a person, either in the form of accountability or leverage. Yep. And I've realized that recently that that's for me to grow my impact, my mission, my business. You know, I realized, oh, we need another person. Like that's what I'm missing right now. 
everybody's maxed out in their roles in my company. And I realized, oh, I need another person, right? I need someone to help take some stuff off my plate so that I can do more and so on and so forth. So I love that. Absolutely. All right. So some of what you've said, I want to kind of review and just bring this to kind of a plan of action for people. So in order to set goals, right? If I'm understanding the process that you teach is start with kind of the long-term vision. And it could be 5 years out, 10 years out, 20 years out, 50 years out. Do you have a recommendation? If you had to pick one time frame, would you say, hey, start 10 years out or start... I mean, if you had to pick one. Uh, no. I mean, because again, we, we don't get prescriptive like that. Okay. But I would ask you, how far out do you want to think? I'll share with you, I go 20 years. Okay. I go out 20 years. I know some people that go out even further. Um, and I know some people who... We had a, a husband-wife couple who were in their 60s who attend our couple's goal-setting retreat. And when they, they looked and they said, someday vision, like, no, we're not going to wait for someday from now. Our someday is actually five years. So for them, like they needed their someday to be happening in the next five years. And it brought incredible urgency to the table. Wow. That's really interesting. So 20 years out is where you go. And let me ask you this. Now, I think some people, well, like for me, I used to never set long-term goals because I go, well, I don't know what I want my life to look like in 20 years. Meaning like, I think it's that I got older, I actually started setting less long-term goals. So I almost want you to sell me on why I should be sure. setting well, long-term. Because I would go, as I got older, I went, wait a minute, like where I am now in my life, five years ago, 10 years ago, I didn't even know that I wanted this or that it was possible. So I wouldn't have set it as a goal. So for me, it was kind of like, I'm just going to keep moving in a positive direction and you know, being surprised at what unfolds. Right. Uh, yeah. So what, if someone's of my mindset, you know, what would you say about the importance of having that vision for what the future would look like, ideally? I, I would ask the question, are you interested in living a life by default mm. or a life by design? Damn, Jeff. You just are, you, are you interested in living a life by default or a life by design? I'm going to immediately take everybody off the hook. This was not taught in school, so it's not your fault. But when we, the research we have done, and we look at the thousands of people that have gone through this process that we provide, that most people wake up, check their email, go to work, sit in meetings, get out, check their email, start focusing on one thing, but then get distracted by somebody asking if they've got a minute. Then they get home and they tell themselves that they're being present with their family, but they're really just sitting in the room checking email. And day after day goes by, turns into years, and you end up living a life by default. And it's because they only set goals looking forward and they don't make their goals dictators of their actions. This is an opportunity for you just to take out all the limiting beliefs, suspend disbelief, and just dream. What do you want your life to look like? Imagine I'm your fairy godmother. I just appeared in front of you. Poof, pink tutu, magic wand. Everything you want can become yours. All you have to do is declare it. What do you want out of your life? And go out someday from now. Because remember, it's not about achieving the result. It's about informing the person you can become, being appropriate in the moment. And once you go out someday from now, you then ask, where do I need to be five years from now to be on track for my someday? And then once you get your five year, you ask, what do I need to accomplish this year to be on track for my five? Now you've got your one-year goals. We then do what's called a one-page business plan. We call it a GPS because it's really tough to have everybody in your life on the same page when your plan doesn't actually fit on 
the same page. When it's 20 pages, sure. Right. So we literally, our business plans are a single page. And that shows you exactly what your priorities and strategies are for the year. And based on the ones that you are going to own, we put them on a form that we call a 411. It's a tool that gives you absolute clarity on your priorities for the year, the month, and the week. And based on what shows up on your priorities for the week on your 411, guess what that drives, Hal? Your behavior? Your calendar or your planner. Most people wake up at the beginning of the week, open their calendars, see all the stuff that is already scheduled, and then try to fit everything else in the time that remains. And what they don't realize is that they are falling trapped to the number one lie of productivity, treating everything like it matters equally. Instead, when you do a 411 and you have clarity on your priorities, you open your planner or your calendar and you view it like a blank slate. You place your big rocks in there first and everything else has to interview to keep its spot. Hmm. Your goals become dictators of your actions. That's what this looks like. And so speaking of the actions, so let's say we've got our goals set. We're excited. We've gone through the process. We've followed your advice. We've got the 20-year vision. We've got the five. Okay, what do I need to accomplish? Or where do I need to be in five years to be on track for the 20? What do I need to do in the next year? Where do I need to be to be on track for the five? Right? And now you're, okay, I got my annual goals for this new year. And then you're breaking it down. What do I need to do in the next month, in the next week? What do I need to do today or daily? So we've got that. And then we wake up on January 1st and we don't feel like it. <laughs> we've got our goals. We know what we need to do. We got the actions figured out, but we don't feel like it. What are your best strategies and tactics for someone listening to be in the minority of people that actually achieve those extraordinary goals uh, mm-hmm. this year? The answer is going to be surprisingly simple. Hmm. People think big and then they try to act big. Hmm. They think big about their goals, but then they imagine they have to take this massive action. And it's overwhelming and they don't feel like it. The opportunity is to think big and go really small. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you line up dominoes. If you lined up 100 dominoes, did you have to knock down each one individually, Hal? No, just the first one? Just the first one. We call this identifying your lead domino. So instead of saying, you know, I see this with salespeople all the time, you know, I want to close 100 deals. Okay, well, let's really work it backwards. If you want to close that many deals, how many contracts do you have to have? Okay, if you have that many contracts, how many appointments? If you have that many appointments, how many people did you talk to? If you have that many people talk to, how many calls did you make? So how many calls do you need to make on a daily basis? Oh, I need to make 100 calls a day. That's overwhelming. So let's go really small. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make making those 100 calls easier or unnecessary? I'd make one phone call before I check my email. There's the lead domino. Can Mm -hmm. you be the type of person who makes a phone call before you check your email? For me, it came down to, can I be the type of person? Can I form the habit of checking my 411 before I check my email? Can I check my priorities before I open the inbox and see everyone else's? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And isn't that the truth? So I would simply say, think big and go small. Make your activity something that is so doable that you're like, I could trip over that and get that done. Because it's less about eating the entire elephant and more about taking the first bite. I love it. Jeff, do you have a, a mic that you could drop right now? Can you do the mic uh, drop? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. 
I can't drop mine. Mine is on this big crane that goes over my desk. So I can't drop it. I dropped it for you. But uh, no, man. And that's it. That's it. And yeah, I call that being committed to the process without being emotionally attached to the results, right? Which is that every result, every extraordinary result, as you talk about, is preceded by a process. That process is making 100 phone calls. And then that first phone call is always the hardest one to make. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, to your point, like I used to always say when it comes to if you want to get your body in the best shape ever, you know, this year, go to the gym five days a week and it's overwhelming if you're sitting on the couch in the morning and you're tired and you're like, I don't want to go to the gym. Going to the gym and imagining getting a workout and all that when you're tired is overwhelming. But it's not hard to grab your gym bag that you packed the night before and start the car and just start driving. Like that takes very little effort and very little energy and very little discipline, very little willpower to get in the car with a gym bag and drive, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, the odds are you're going to drive to the gym because you know that's where you're supposed to go. And then once you walk in the door and the music's pumping and pe- you know, and all those hot rocking bodies are running on the treadmill and you know, weights are clanking, right? You're like, I'm going to go put these gym clothes on. I'm going to work out, right? And all of a sudden, a year goes by and you, you're in the best shape of your life. And it all started with just jumping in your car with a packed gym bag. What I heard you say, Hal, is you're in the best shape of your life because you became the type of person who put on their gym clothes and got out the door. Yeah. Let's make this really simple for people. Yeah. This is the focusing question of the one thing. And Gary would say to you that developing the habit, being the type of person who asks this question is the success habit. The question is what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And I'm going to break this down and explain why it's so powerful. What's the one thing? Not two things, not three things. It's one. You have to narrow it down to one. One thing you can do. Not you'll feel guilty if you don't do it. You actually can do it. Such that by doing it, meaning you're the type of person who takes action rather than just pausing the podcast episode and going, great, what should I do next time? You actually take action. Everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Meaning it is that powerful of a lead domino that it knocks every other one down. You aim that at any area of your life, at any goal, and you ask it enough times until you get to a two-inch domino that you can knock over your lead domino, then it's just about knocking it down day after day until it becomes a habit, which we know is about 66 days. Boom. Second mic drop. All right, Jeff, that's it, man. You are brilliant. I'm so grateful that we got to chat today and I get to introduce your brilliance to the Achieve Your Goals goal-achieving audience, man. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. And can I point to some of the resources we we referenced here today? Yes, that was my next question, my last question. But yeah, please do. If you guys go to the one thing.com, that's with the number one in the URL, there's a tab that says free stuff. There's a few things there that we referenced in there. First, there's a kick-ass guide to your couple's goal-setting retreat. Really good download. Very well worth getting. There's also copies of the GPS, the one-page business plan, as well as the 411. So you have tools and clarity in your priority. If you click on training, you'll see the types of trainings we do, including our couples retreat, as well as the course that would facilitate your retreat for you. And that's the, and then the number one thing.com, correct? Yep. Yep. The book and the podcast are the one thing all spelled out, but the website's got the number one. And the one thing, 
if you haven't read that, by the way, that is one of, yeah, one of the, if not the one book that if you read it, all other books are unnecessary. Um, <laughs> but uh, it really is. It's one of the best books of all time. It's one of the most profound, simple. I think if you, you know, if you got value from Jeff today, you know, and you realize that, wow, this really gives some clarity on how to approach life and really simplify our over complex minds and our focus that is just all over the place on way too many things and really narrowing it down is the secret to success. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Jeff, like I said, man, you're, the way you explain goals and break it down is a really, really useful. And I really appreciate that, man. So uh, I will see you, I'm sure, at the next, uh, next time we break bread or get together with the wives or the kids or go to a movie, right? So we'll see each other soon, I'm sure. So many things we could do. We should identify the one we should. The one that we should do that none others would matter, right? So <laughs> we'll do that after the recording. If you move in with us, we move in together, right? Then nothing else matters. Right? That's the one thing. If we just live together, our families, then everything else is going to take care of itself, right? That's, that's <laughs> how you achieve your goals. <laughs> move right. with Hal. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Goal Achievers, thank you for joining us. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, go out there, set those goals, achieve those goals, clarify the one thing that for you matters more than anything else in the world and get clear on what you need to do to achieve that thing, create that life. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.